talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek and Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I'm again crushing. I'm crushing on my guests. <laughs> My guests are familiar with me nerding out and getting crushes on my guests. So <laughs> I brought you sexologist Je- Jess O'Reilly and sexologist Marla Stewart. Pronouns she, her for both of them. Thank you both for being here. I'm just so tickled that you both are here. A nice early morning tickle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just so excited because the two of you wrote a book together and I, I've had trainings from both of you individually. So this is like, this is the best world that we could possibly live in that two people who know so damn much wrote a book together. So the ultimate guide to seduction and foreplay, how did the two of you, one, decide to write a book together and then survive it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the publisher actually has a whole series of books that are ultimate guides related to sexuality. So when they approached me about writing a book related to seduction, I said, you know, I'd be okay at that. But really, it's Marla Renee Stewart, who is the pro at seduction. And Marla coined the seduction learning styles, uh, Mm. which really frame the entire book. So I knew there was no way... I could not write it with, I could write it without Marla. And so luckily Marla let me write it with her. So it worked out just fine. Yes, yes. And I was gladly accepting of that offer just because, um, you know, Jess and I met at the uh, University of Guelph when she was keynoting and I was just like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. And luckily I had the chance to like sort of sit down with her and a bunch of other colleagues and and get to know her a little bit. So I was super stoked and um, invited her to Sex Down South to also keynote. And she stuck around ever since. And, so- <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I can't get enough of Sex Down South. I really think it's an exceptional conference in the sexuality field. And uh, I'll be going back year after year as long as they'll, as long as they'll let me in. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, I was super excited to to do the book with her and um and I'm happy that, you know, she thought I was I had something meaningful to say and that the world um might uh, take advantage of what I have to say or what we have to say really. And so I'm very very proud of the book. That's absolutely wonderful that I mean, that's what the great thing about conferences is we get to meet the people that we probably had like a soul connection with at some point <laughs> in life, right? So like I, I want to know like the bedrock of, of what you're thinking about this this book, The Ultimate Guide of Seduction and Foreplay. What are you hoping the readers really kind of pull from this book when they're done with it? What do you feel like that they will have maybe addressed with themselves? Ooh, well, I mean, I I think it's a lot of self-reflection around their sexual desires, sexual values, sexual needs, sexual fantasies, uh, all of the emotional, physical, interpersonal, relational, and and spiritual, for some people, elements of sex. So we frame the book with, you know, a ton of obviously theory and sharing and even, even case studies and illustrations from the people that we work with, but also within every section, we've included what we call lover's inquiries. 
and seduction instructions. So action items that people can take right now to reflect, to learn, to practice, to better understand themselves and their partners. So there are literally hundreds of prompts in the book to help you better, because it's easy to say, well, how do you want to be seduced? Okay, that's a broad question. Mm-hmm. And so we break it down really with, with a ton of specificity, which I think is what most of us need and, and most of us lack. So I, I really hope that they have a better understanding of themselves and their partner or partners if they have one or two or six. Absolutely. What about you, Marla? Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's all about like the self-awareness. And I really love the fact that we sort of frame it with this theory along with practice, because I feel like a lot of times we get a lot of theory, but we people don't know how to actually put things into practice. And so we have like the theory and the, you know, examples, we have like a ton of examples that you can actually use that are, you know, you can practice. So that is what I really appreciate about the book as well. I do think that there is something you, especially a lot of like the self-help, self-sex help books, like you'll get like five steps to a better, whatever, like two, five steps to a better orgasm, five steps, what, whatever. And the, what you're talking about is helping people understand what and why, and then how the steps of, okay, let me actually understand the theory, the science, and then how to do said things that you have, that you have introduced in the book. And that's, that to me makes more sense. And I I think people are looking for that. They're, they're wanting to understand why and how, and how did they get to this place in their own sexual health, their own, the, the, even the idea of seduction, that word for, for so many people has probably a lot of misconceptions, probably a lot of myths, and maybe even a little fear. I do want to talk a little bit about mindfulness and and understanding the connection to like slowing down and understanding your own, maybe like I think seduction is a good example of what mindfulness can bring to sex. So what do you think the the mindfulness perspective can do for folks or folks that you've worked with. And oh, by the way, folks, Jess has a course called Happier Couples and includes lots of mindfulness and sex uh, tips and things. So go look for it. It's on, on your website, right, Jess? Yeah, it's actually called Mindful Sex, but it's on happiercouples.com. Oh, happiercouples.com. Fantastic. It'll all be there in the show notes, folks. Promise you're not, we won't lead you astray. But like when it comes to the folks you've worked with, how does mindfulness really impact the, how they see their own sexual health? All of my clients, I'll speak for, for my own, they live hectic lives. Their minds wander um, during seduction, during foreplay, during sex, however you define all of those things. And so sexual pleasure becomes hindered basically by distractions, by intrusive thoughts, and also by performance pressure. And so, you know, in struggling to be present during sex, this affects the way they interact with their own bodies, with their partners, um, and that dividing of focus really affects sexual pleasure. And of course, we know that it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, Dr. Lori Brado, who you might, might have also studied under, has done research on the benefits of mindfulness practice on relationships and sex. Because through the practice of mindfulness, you can overhaul your default setting, which has to do with splitting your focus so that it no longer involves dividing attention. And so that you can not block out distractions, but 
accept that they're there and be more in the moment. And so when we say being mindful, we're we're referring to being engaged in the present experience, um, free from judgment, free from pressure, so that you can show up for yourself and for your partner or partners. And and it's associated with all these benefits, including heightened desire, greater confidence, lower performance anxiety, and overall improved functioning. And that's arousal. And you don't have to have all of these things, but uh, you know, arousal, erection, ejaculatory control, orgasm. And so we, you know, when we talk about mindful sex, it's not actually all about sex. It really is about the practice of mindfulness intertwined within your life so that you are breathing more mindfully, moving more mindfully, speaking more mindfully, listening more mindfully. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's such a, a powerful tool in your, in your sexual toolbox. Yes, absolutely. Marla, what do you, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I agree 100% with Jess, like thinking about um, how you uh, approach things and, and, and like you said, um, accepting those distractions, but really being able to tune in, to be present, to be vulnerable in the moment, I think are all very, very important things when it comes to relationships and when it comes to actual sex. I think a lot of times people, um, like Jess said, get distracted or get in their heads or thinking about what they're going to make for dinner or the whatever. Checklist. They- <laughs> yeah, yeah, the checklist. Yeah. And not paying attention. I think a lot of it has to do with, of course, you know, being more mindful and being present. But also thinking about like what are they currently experiencing? Like what is their lover doing that or not doing that is contributing to possibly them also being out of their head? So I think that's also something to be mindful of when we're thinking about our relationships and, and sex. Fantastic. I I mean, I do want to stand, understand this deeper idea of like seduction, but specifically, I know the two of you probably talk about this in, in the book a little bit, is the idea of understanding your own emotional seduction. How can this really help folks better understand themselves or maybe even understand their, their connections with their partners? Ah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I know. That you was go a ahead. good one, y'all. I know. You go ahead, Marla. <laughs> so uh, emotional seduction is we have to be mentally prepared, you know, and we talk about that in several ways in the book. Um, we talk about emotional seduction. We also talk about like planting sex seeds. And these are just ways to set yourself up for success when it comes to, you know, sex and sexuality and what you're doing, uh, just because we need to be mentally and emotionally ready and there so we can be present. And um, a part of that is, again, being aware of who you are and what you're doing, what you like. Jess has this really beautiful thing about the core erotic feelings that we have. So it's like, how do we need to feel in order to, to, to get the most out of what's going on in this situation? You know, do we need to feel adored or challenged or directed? What are the things that need to happen for us to make us feel fulfilled? And when we have those things and our lover can help us with those things, we're better able to manage our interactions as well as get the most pleasure out of the situation. So emotional seduction is very, very important. And I feel like that's, seduction is emotional. 
Yes. You know, so <laughs> I also hear like this thread of association, right? Like I'm constantly telling my clients the brain is like this wonderful association machine. And it will easily, if you, if you practice like uh, associating certain patterns with, with things that you really, really want to engage in or think about or emotionally experience, you can absolutely explore that through sex. And I, I think that's what you're describing here is that you're, you are, you are mining the experience of emotion and then what does the what do those things tie to seduction i think that's beautiful just like what are your kind of thoughts and and the idea you said the core emotions talk a little maybe a little bit about that yeah we spend quite a bit of time in the book as marla said exploring the core erotic feeling as well as the elevated erotic feelings and I find with my clients, the core erotic feeling helps them to better understand how they can be put in the mood for sex. So your core erotic feeling is simply the feeling you need to feel in order to get in the mood for sex. And you might have more than one, but oftentimes there's kind of one at the core. And if you don't have that feeling, sex is off the table. So we, we help you know, readers understand what their core erotic feeling is by, you know, asking questions like, how do you want to feel before sex? What puts you in the mood for sex? How do you want to feel during? How do you want to feel after? Think of a recent fantasy. Uh, how did you feel? And this is such an important piece with communication because when partners are trying to communicate their needs or their desires or their fantasies, we often ask these very broad questions like, what do you fantasize about? And some people find that a very easy question to answer and they can get into all the details, whether it's the emotional, the physical, the relational, the situational, the environmental. But other people find it really useful to break it down just to the feelings, right? You know, how did you feel in that fantasy? Let's not worry about who was there or what they looked like or what toys were present or the actual interactions. Let's just talk about how you feel because let's say, you know, my partner has a fantasy and I'm intimidated by the fact that, you know, I just, I really can't help to fulfill that. Okay, maybe I can't bring that fantasy to life, which is fine because not all people want to bring their fantasies to life. But maybe I can draw pieces of it out based on the erotic feeling. So what were you, were you feeling overwhelmed? Were you feeling, as, as Marla often asks for, to, were you feeling adored? Were you feeling like all the attention was on you? Were you feeling insatiable? Were you feeling powerful? Were you feeling submissive? So once we figure out people's core erotic feeling, we spend some time helping them to cultivate that feeling more often in their life with you know a dozen other prompts. And then we move on to your elevated erotic feelings. So your elevated erotic feelings are the feelings that take sex to the next level. I mean, it makes sex more intense in a really specific way. So it could be related to physical pleasure, but it might be a psychological thrill. It might be about emotional fulfillment or intimate connection or spiritual experience or any other benefit that you derive from sex. And so when we think about elevated erotic feelings, oftentimes, they're at odds with feelings of safety. So as you know, this is the reason. I can be turned on by feeling jealous, but I don't want to feel jealous on Saturday while we're on a walk. Or I can be turned on by feeling degraded, but I don't want to be degraded at the dinner table with my family. And so sometimes these elevated erotic feelings are subversive, and we're really encouraging readers to explore the power in the subversive. And if something makes you uncomfortable, if something makes you say, oh, I'm not into that, or oh, that's gross. Or, oh, you know, if you find yourself judging something, oftentimes there's something there that might be appealing to you and you just mm. haven't recognized it. 
Oh, oh, oh. I just I just love that you are breaking down the idea that sex more than likely is not uh, do step one, do step two, do step three, do step four, that it is individualized, that it is very much broken down to, I, I mean, like you said, many people can maybe report their fantasies, but they may not be able to connect with those deeper feelings and those deeper feelings may exist in and out of the bedroom. Marla, like, I'm just curious, like, when you're thinking about helping people walk through maybe some of those those core erotic feelings, like how might that be better even understood through their lens of identity? You did a wonderful training with us that I just um, has stuck with me about how our identities really impact our experience, not only of just of the world, but our sexual view of the world and ourselves. So how does that maybe tie in here to this kind of conversation about those kind of core erotic feelings and how does that relate to understanding our identities? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what we're socialized, you know, what happens within the socialization process, you know? So whether that's around like our gender identity, whether that's around our gender in general, whether that's around our um, race, so many identity tropes get put onto us through the act of labeling. And it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes labels are really amazing and nice and beautiful. And that's how we're able to sort of categorize people. And at the same time, they come with all of the other baggage or stereotypes. And so when we think about like, you know, our core erotic feeling and we're maybe relating it to certain identities, we have to think about where, what does that really come from? Does it come from you, you know, the socialization process? Does it come from religion? Is it really genuinely yours? Or is this something you have taken on from what other people have said, this is what you should do, or this is how you should be? So for me, you know, working with my clients, I really have to break it down. And sometimes that's, sometimes it's tears, you know, because there's lots of tears because they're realizing, oh, you know, I was taught not to like women and because of my religion and I love women and I love being around them and I love having sex with them, but then I don't want to be in a relationship with them because of my family or, you know, whatever the things that get, you know, that people put on themselves from, you know, their families or, you know, all the different social institutions that, you know, put stuff on us. So getting to that core erotic feeling uh, can really be difficult for some people and understanding what their own desires are can be so, so difficult because they've only been taught this is how they should be rather than this is whom they are. And that all has to do sometimes with helping them build up their sexual confidence as well. Sometimes uh, I talked about sort of the religious aspects of it and how some people get taught one thing and then have to move into another space. Uh, So for instance, I had a, a client who a few Muslim clients and one of them in particular was taught, I have to be pristine and I have to like be, you know, all pure, you know? And then when they get married, they're supposed to be like super freaky 
right? And like do all the things, you know, with their husbands. And like, how do you transition from being like super pure and not doing anything to I got to do like all the things and be good at them? You know, like all of these things get put on you as a person where, like I said, it's just a, a lot of that socialization process, a lot of that puts a lot of weight on people and they're unable to actually dissect who they are as a person because of it. And so I hope, you know, that people reading this book, like whatever, if they don't know what their desires are, that they're really able to get that from this book and from these prompts so that they can see that for themselves. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do as educators in this realm to, to show people, hey, you can be who you want to be and you can get pleasure from all of these different experiences. And, and here's how to do it, right? Here's step by step how to do it. Yes, that's step by step. It's oh, so needed and necessary. <laughs> um, that, I mean, that powerful question, is this yours? That is just power power, when you can really start to distinguish inside of yourself, is this thing that that you believe or experience, is it yours or is it much older than that? Or it may be even in recent history from a partner or from something that maybe you've experienced from caregivers way back in the day. I, I just think that, that you, you pulling that out and understanding that that can be such a significant barrier for all of us to really kind of turn in word and understand our, our sexuality, our, our seduction and how that in really can interplay not only with our own, our own individual sex, right? Having sex with ourselves, but also having sex with others. So when folks need to find you too, what, the, what do two of you have going on? How do people find you in the world? What's, what's new? Who, who's got what going on? <laughs> so June was a very, very busy month for me. <laughs> yo, us, yo, us therapists, um, was, we are I busy. Am <laughs> yeah, I am exhausted from from June. Uh, so I've decided to sort of take a step back, and the only things that I've already committed to, I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm just sort of working on sort of the inside stuff with from my business. But race and kink, we have um, Luna and I put together. Luna's also out of uh, Toronto, so uh, we are we put together a biweekly discussion series about race and kink. And so we have different guests that will be on, and we really just want to get into these brilliant intellectual conversations about race and kink and. I'm really excited for it because that's what my master's thesis was on, um, thinking about um, Black folks and, and kink and polyamorous and swingers. So I'm super excited to sort of pull that in and also um, have all these different guests from all walks of life and all these different I, you know, intersections of identities to talk about race and kink. So that will be happening starting mid-July and, of course, Sex Down South will be happening. We're doing it virtually. So that will be happening September, sort of, I guess, 9th through the 12th. And so we're still working out all the details, of course, on that. And we're moving the in-person conference to January. We're still finalizing the dates on that right now as well. And we're still doing our um, separate events. So we're still going to have sex on the beach, whether it's going to be virtual or not. 
Um, we're trying to do sex on top in Toronto, sex on bourbon in New Orleans, and sex in the middle in Kansas City. So all of those events will definitely be after sex down south, whether they'll be virtual or not, we're not really sure because those were meant to be in person. It's impossible to sort of the Rona has screwed everything up. Yes, exactly. So hopefully we'll be able to work something out. Um, but that is in the plan so far. So those are the things that are actually happening um, as of this moment. And of course, always people can download any of my workshops uh, from my website if they want something or if they want to do a live class with me, I'll be starting those back up again in, in August. Fantastic. Jess, what do you got going on? You can find my podcast every week and we talk about everything from anal sex to emotional literacy and all the good stuff in between and out on the on the spider arms. So that's the sex it's with Dr. So great, y'all. Listen to Jess's podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. And then my online courses are at happiercouples.com. And then if you follow on Instagram, you'll see my adventures, although I have fewer adventures these days. Although I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm actually away for the first time in three months. I just went on a little road trip. So just outside of Toronto, we have a wine region called Niagara-on-the-Lake. And it's the first time I, I guess I've been out and you know even had a meal on a patio since March 15th. Uh, so it's a very, it's an exciting weekend for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so jealous. I want to be there. I want to be out and doing something. I know. Yeah, Marla, I'm posting it all on my stories. I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels like normal. I mean, it's not, it's not overseas and you know, super new to me, but it's still not my living room or my home office. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's super novel that way, right? Like when we actually get to do things that are feel like the before time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the before the time. Before <laughs> the right side up world. <laughs> you too. This has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate your willingness to come on the show. And I cannot wait to put this out in the world and have everybody hear from both of you and hear all the wonderful things you're doing and will be doing soon. Folks, thank you for sticking around today and sticking around to the end. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the Gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.